Mark chapter 16, Isaiah chapter 1. Amen. So good to be here. And um, I, um, I, um, I, got, I almost got nervous last night when I stepped into Brother, Mur Brother and Sister Murphy's palatial estate. Lord have mercy. Matter of fact, I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I ate out of a plastic bowl this morning. I went into dishwasher and got it. It was clean, praise God. So I got out one of her nice bowls from the cupboard, and I thought, my God, this is too good to eat out of. <laughs> praise God. Hey, man, maybe if I get to come back, I might eat out of that ritzy bowl, okay? Praise the Lord. Well, praise God, somebody. I, I, I'm going to be serious here in a moment. Praise the Lord. Well, now, if you don't like my preaching, blame Tom Murphy. Praise the Lord. Blame him. Amen. I have to take my glasses off because I was too chicken a few weeks ago to get bifocals. So, well, praise God. Man, it got quiet all of a sudden. Am I all right, Pastor? Praise God. So good to see all these young people here. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for young people. When you save an older person, all you save is a soul. Not that that's in, not important. It is important. But when you save a young person, you not only save a soul, you save an entire lifetime. Praise God. Amen. Now, I wasn't raised in church, but I've been in church over half my life. I thank God for that. I'm 52 years young. I've been in church 30 years this past February. Thank God for church. Amen. Thank God for the church. The church is the best thing going. Amen. If you're here and you've never repented of your sins, you can do so today. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you can do it. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost today, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace. And the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also watch with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not the man. He said, I know not what thou sayest. And when he, I got ahead of myself, didn't I? Verse 71, And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter blew it, cussed, denied the Lord. But look in Mark chapter 16 and verse 7. The Bible says, but go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. I'm glad that scripture's in the Bible. It didn't say just go tell the disciples, he said, and Peter. <laughs> My last scripture before we pray. Isaiah chapter 1, 
and verse 18. Somebody say praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. My subject this morning is simply this. God believes in your restoration. God believes, not pastor, not me, even though we do, but God. God believes in your restoration. Let's lift our voices and hearts and ask God to help us today. Lord of heaven, we thank you for the privilege to be in the house of God again today. We thank you for everybody that's come out to be in your presence. Thank you for the wonderful singing and praise that has ascended to your throne already. And I'm asking you, Lord, as we look into the word of the Lord again this morning, that you would help us to connect with the word of God. Help us to leave her different than what we came, I pray, today. Anoint my lips of clay, I ask you again today. Help me to speak your word without fear or favor, I pray. And let somebody leave here changed by the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray. In Jesus' lovely name, and everyone said amen. God bless you, you may be seated. But go and tell his disciples and Peter. I'm glad I say again that that's in the word of the Lord. But to remind you this morning, who was this apostle Peter? Who was he? He was a part of the inner circle. He was the guy that went to the Mount of Transfiguration with James and John and, of course, Jesus. This was a guy that had the audacity to step out of the boat on the words of the Lord and walk on the water. This was the man given the keys to the kingdom of heaven by Jesus in Matthew 16, 19. This was a man that chopped off the guy's ear in the garden when they came to arrest the Lord. This was a guy that supped with the Lord. This was a guy that believed in the Lord. This was a guy that followed the Lord on a daily basis. But we read in Matthew chapter 26 that Peter fell flat on his face in failure. Not only did he curse, but he denied the Lord. We in Pentecost this morning put one sin above every other sin. We say that if you commit adultery, it's over as far as the ministry is concerned. We, I reiterate, Put that as a sin that's above all the other sins. But sin is sin. The only sin you can't get forgiven of is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Other than that, sin is sin. Lying is just as bad as adultery. Hatred is just as bad as lying. And the list goes on and on. And this denying business was just as bad as Peter committed adultery or any other sin because Matthew 10, 33 says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So when he denied the Lord, it put him in the same category as being an adulterer, amen, or a liar because I reiterate, sin is sin. 
I am not condoning that we ought to sin. I'm not saying we ought to sin. I'm not giving you license to sin. Uh, but what happens when we do sin? Shall we sin? I say no. But what happens when you and I drop the ball? Uh, the Bible tells us that when Peter realized what he'd done, he went out and wept bitterly. Uh, those words, wept bitterly, when you look them up in the Greek dictionary, means Peter wailed aloud uh, with a violent piercing uh, of his heart, uh, brought about, hear me, uh, by conviction, not condemnation. Satan, God, hear me this morning, God in mercy brings conviction, and conviction means uh, you've erred from truth, uh, and conviction is God's way of saying, uh, I want to help you. Uh, I want to forgive you. Uh, I want to make it right, uh, but the devil, uh, on the other hand, uh, brings condemnation. Condemnation says you messed up, but condemnation leaves no room for mercy. I would to God that I could stand before you this morning and say in 30 years of living for the Lord, uh, amen, this October will be 28 years in the ministry. I have been evangelizing uh, for almost over 15 years. Uh, I have pastored twice. Uh, I wish uh, that I could tell you, uh, amen, that I have not failed God in those 30 years. Uh, I wish that I could stand here and tell you uh, that everything been peachy keen uh, in my life uh, and I have not failed. Uh, but I will stand here and tell you today uh, I am here by the mercy of God. Uh, I am here by the grace of God. Uh, I am here not because I have been perfect uh, but because God uh, who is rich in mercy uh, is not willing that any should perish uh, but they're all should come to repentance. I remember many years ago as a young preacher, I fell on my face. Well, praise God. I dropped the ball and condemnation hit me. I went to the prayer room. I asked God to forgive me. I asked him for three solid days, forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me. Finally, you know, there's more to praying than just talking. Sometimes we talk so much, we can't hear what he's saying. Prayer is also listening. Amen. I'm putting this in here for somebody today. About the third day, after constantly telling, asking God to forgive me, finally he broke through and said, I heard you the first time. And I've already forgiven you. What you need to do, what you need to do is forgive yourself. I've come to tell somebody right here. Amen. You need to shut the door on yesterday. Amen. God sent me to tell somebody here today. It don't matter what man says or thinks. God sent me to tell somebody. He believes in your restoration. He believes in you getting right with him all over again. I have gone to bed, Lamentations 3. I have gone to bed at night, amen, having messed up that day. He said, preacher, my God, you mess up regular? No, I don't mess up too regular. <laughs> but the Bible says we have, 
Now, you holy than now out here. Now, I'm trying to be nice. If you say, well, I don't ever sin, you just lie. Because that book that's forever settled in heaven, little John says if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the truth is not in us. So on those few days, oh, God, I wish it was just a few. On those few days, I have messed up. Now, hear this. Now, I, I, I told you, Pastor, I get transparent. So if I'm getting too transparent, Pastor White, Sister Murphy, you just have to forgive me. Praise God. But on a few days there, in 30 years of living for God, there have been some times I willfully messed up. Oh, it got real quiet. Praise God. Now, I may not get to come back, Pastor, but I'm just going to be myself. Praise God. I've gone to bed at night. Having asked God to forgive me, waiting for the dawning of another day, thinking I'm going to see the next day because of what I got involved in and what I allowed to overtake me, even though I asked God to forgive me. You see, listen to me. Condemnation keeps us bowed down. Because we got the ball raised so high in the church. And thank God for standard. But sometimes we got it raised too high. I've gone to bed with this scripture on my head. Lamentations 3 and 22 says. Listen to me. I'm not condoning sin. But I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did at 11.59 last night. Lord have mercy. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You need to tell that devil, get behind me, come to nation. This is a brand new day, and his mercy was made new today. It's a brand new day because God sent me to tell somebody he believes in your restoration. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Uh, though your sins be as scarlet, uh, they shall be as white as snow. Uh, though they be red like crimson, uh, they shall be as wool. Uh, somebody needs to praise him. Uh, somebody needs to get a hold uh, of this word today uh, because his compassions uh, were made new today. Condemnation keeps us bowed down. Hello. I was working, resting years ago at the Kentucky camp meeting. And I got involved in working the altar. And I noticed there was a young lady that was praying in the altar and pastor's wife that I know. I'll, matter of fact, it's kind of ironic I'll be with them in November in revival, but she was praying for this girl, and word got to me. I began to inquire, what's the deal with her? Found out she was a backslider, and uh, they were praying. They were praying pretty good, but I, but I just went down to that that sister, and I said, "Here's here's a simple statement I told her: If you'd forgive yourself, you'll feel His forgiveness." Evidently, 
she connected with that statement and began to break forth and get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I got news for somebody that came here this morning way down with condemnation. I'm going to fry that devil's hide right now. Romans 8 and 1 says, now listen to me. I don't think it's the will of the devil for any of us to be in the house of God this morning. I don't think it's the will of mine in your flesh to be here today. So with that in mind, if we were going after the flesh this morning, more than likely we wouldn't be in the house of God. So therefore, he did get a hold of this word. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Here it is. Who walk not after the flesh. If you was after the flesh, you wouldn't be here right now. You need to connect with that and say, I'm going after the spirit. And so therefore, devil, get behind me. I'm going to get saved. I'm going to get renewed today. I'm going to get restored today because my God, I said, my God, your God believes in your restoration. Psalm 139 and 7 says it like this. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I don't care how far down you go. Amen, God. Amen, his arm is not too short that he can't reach and save. No, he's here too heavy that he cannot hear. Amen. The deeper you are, the more he can show out. Amen. The darker the night, the greater the light. And God sent me to tell somebody today, he believes in your restoration. You need to shut the door on the past and say, I will be set free. I will leave here filled with the power of my God. Oh, let's clap our hands and love him today. Somebody need to shout, I believe. Let me speak to you, young person. Let me speak to you, young adult. And even us elders, we have forgotten that the church exists for the hurting. We was preaching a few years ago, east of here, northeast of here. And we went out to eat, and the pastor was upbeat. But I understand you can get burnt out, and I'm not dogging the ministry. I love the ministry. We need, I'm, hello. But that, 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 she just began to, well, this one used to come, but they had so many problems. And this one used to come, and they had so many. I almost said, why don't you shut up? I really did. I wanted to say it so bad. And I understand. I mean, they prayed a lot of people through. They'd done a good work, and she was probably burnt out. And, and I'm, not, I'm not faulting her for that. But, but at the same time, we have forgotten. 
I want people in this church that got drug problems. I want people in this church that are prostitutes and whoremongers, amen, and abusers, amen. Hello, that's who Jesus died for. That's why we exist. That's what grace is for, is divine influence upon the heart because grace can change him. Amen. Let me preach and tell you right now, the church is for the hungry, is for the hurting, is for the sick, is for the wounded. So... So I'm saying all that to say this. Here's what the devil wants to do when you and I mess up. He wants to isolate you, young person, from getting through those double doors. He wants to cause your mistake to browbeat you so bad that you begin to wonder what's the pastor going to think about me if I show back up at church. What's so-and-so going to think about me if I'm not sitting where I'm supposed to sit? I done messed up. I can't go back there. That's what the devil wants you to think because he knows if he can keep you from getting to this hospital. If he, know, he knows if he can keep you from getting in this ICU unit. He knows if he can cut you off uh, from the fellowship uh, and the presence of God. Uh, amen. He's got you. Uh, oh, but let me remind you today. Uh, amen. Uh, that grace, uh, that grace uh, is so sufficient. Uh, that grace, uh, t- hey, uh, that grace will reach you. Uh, that grace will help you. Uh, that grace can transform you. Uh, but you got to get to the hospital. Uh, you got to get to the doctor's office. Uh, you got to get to the physician of all physicians uh, and say, yeah, I may have messed up. Uh, oh, but I I'm getting ahead of myself. Rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I set in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I'm getting up again. I'm going forward because God believes in your restoration. Don't. Don't. I got to feel the Holy Ghost in here. Don't let your failures keep you from the house of God. Don't let your failures keep you from the house of God. Now, you ain't got to fail, but more than likely you will. Uh, Well, I don't drink no more, preacher. I don't cuss no more. I don't smoke anymore. I'm glad. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. When's the last time you funked that scripture? Uh, what does the word mercy mean? The word mercy means a compassion or forbearance shown, especially to an offender. Thank God for mercy. A blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion. Mercy implies compassion that forbears punishment even when justice demands it. You study out Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 where God says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Here it is, the courtroom of eternity. The devil, the prosecuting attorney, is on one side, and he's got the list of charges, and they're heavy. He's right. I'll give him that much. You have messed up. You have sinned, and you do deserve to die. So he lays out his argument, 
And this is a good argument. But all of a sudden, when he shuts his mouth up, the greatest defense attorney of all steps to the podium and says, yeah, you're right. They've messed up. But now, in the midst of those charges, I want to reason with them. I want to talk it out. I want to go to bat for them. Those words reason together means to show to be right, to prove. The devil, my God, when we accept, I'm just going to read what the Holy Ghost told me. When we accept the mercy of God, I'm going Colossians 2 here in a moment. When we accept the mercy of God, the Lord loves to smear it in the devil's face to prove how he can take our messed up lives and totally transform us, change us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I read from Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12 through 15. Bury with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That meant we had to die. We deserved to die. The law was against us, but he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of his way, out of the way and nailing it to his cross. Right here, here it is. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he may assure them openly, triumphing over them in it. I don't care how deep down you are right now. God can take your life today. He can take your sin and erase it and get rid of it. All he needs for you to do is agree with him that he believes in your restoration and he can use you and bless you today. Can we love him right now? Can we love the Lord? I'm not going to hold you much longer. Oh, God sent me to tell somebody he believes in your restoration. Preacher, you don't understand it. I've messed up. I failed. Join the crowd. Oh, God. I guess I didn't know if I was going to read this or not today. Amen. Here it is. Here's for you that are that are saying, "Well, preacher, I've just messed up." No, won't you? Don't let you go early. The next time you feel like you can't make it. Or God can't help you. Remember, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. <laughs> Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. At least we like women. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was depressed. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied the Lord. We read that a while ago. The disciples fell asleep while praying. 
mouth the word about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. But God, but God, but God stepped into that mess and turned it all around. Amen. I'm preaching right now. He can do the same for you because he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for Peter, James, and John, he'll do it for me and you, and he wants to. You just got to let go. I quoted this a while ago because I got ahead of myself. I got excited. Wayne Huntley preached a North Carolina camp meeting when I was a new convert. And I took it to heart what he said to us in that camp meeting. He said, you need to remember this scripture. And I did. And I'm telling somebody here this morning, you need to remember this scripture. The next time you fail God. Devil starts striking at the band. When he starts getting a party together, you need to get a hold of Micah 7 and 8. Oh, help me. Here it is in a slower version. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, not if I fall. When I fall, I shall arise. When I said in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Get behind me, devil. Don't strike up the band yet. God has sent this preacher from the west side of the state to tell you God believes in your restoration. Get up again. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Get up again. If you fail, get up again. If you fall, get up again. Get up again. Get up again. A just man will fall seven times, but he rises up again. Oh, can we love him? I'm almost finished. Can we love the Lord? Can we give him praise right now? Somebody needs to connect with this simple word today. God, God believes in your restoration. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But God. Catch it. But God. Not Brother Cooper. Not Sister Murphy. Not Brother Hutchison, even though we are. But God. Somebody say God. He is so holy and righteous. But God, who is rich in mercy. Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved that word quickened means to be made alive I'm telling somebody I don't care how far down you are I remember I wasn't, I wasn't in a battle with sin at this particular moment I was in a battle for my soul I was under a sheer demonic attack of the enemy, amen, over 15 years ago. It's been a lot since, but just I remember I remember sitting on the floor at night 
And I felt like God was a thousand miles from me. I was talking to a pastor friend in Mississippi who knew what I was going through at the time. I mean, my mind was under attack. I couldn't sleep. It's not hard for me to do when it's time to go to sleep, but I was tormented. I almost went to the emergency room and said, give me something. Give me something for my nerves. I was tormented. Amen. This attack on my soul. Amen. And so I remember talking to this pastor friend in North Mississippi, and I told him what I was feeling. I told him what I was going through, and he had, he had watched me in time past and he said I was crying tears I didn't know I had amen he told me a statement he said brother Jerry you can make it you can make it I grasped I didn't feel any of that at the time I didn't feel like making it where's God at in all this mess my mind is going through all this junk I'm having all these bad thoughts and amen and I don't want to have these kind of thoughts And but I grasped a hold of that simple statement, uh, you can make it. Uh, and I arose uh, out of that despair uh, and discouragement uh, and hell of an attack. Uh, amen. Let me tell you, and I'm here today, uh, amen, with power, with anointing. Uh, I say that humbly today. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I don't care what the devil, uh, I don't care what life has told you. Uh, amen. God is with you. Uh, and if God be for you, who can be against you? Uh, and I've come to tell you again uh, that God sent me to tell you he believes uh, in your restoration and he wants to help you but you got to let him help you let's stand today let's stand in his presence amen he's he's rich somebody say he's rich Psalm 103 12 as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us Titus 3 5 through 6 not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is set on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And then last but not least, Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. You don't have to hang your head no more. You don't have to be under shame anymore. You can come boldly through the throne of grace that me may obtain help. Amen. Hello, somebody. In time of need. I said that was last, but I felt pricked just then by the Holy Ghost when I was reading that. The Lord spoke to me many years ago and said, name any sin you want to name outside of the blasphemy of my spirit, and I'll forgive it. I'll take care of it. He said, it's not, you don't have the scripture, but it's Titus 2, 11 through 12. We're going there shortly. He said, name any sin you want to name. And I can set free from it. I can deliver from it. Sin doesn't bother God. He ain't scared of sin. He said, it's not the sin that you name and can name that's going to really send people to hell. See, that's just a problem of something even deeper. He took me to Titus 2, 11 through 12, which says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. God gives everybody at least one chance to be saved according to that scripture. Hello? Catch it. For the grace of God 
that bring salvation and have to appear in an altar. Thank God he gives us more than one. Else I wouldn't be here today. For the grace of God that bring us salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We shall live soberly, godly, and righteous in this present world. He said, The sin is going to cause people to go to hell. And when I bring them to a crossroads, when I bring them to that hour of decision, with my grace and mercy, and I can help them in their problems, I can take them out just like that. I can deliver them just like that. He said the sin that's going to cause them to be lost and the sin that will cause some of you from possibly being restored today is when he knocks, you simply say, not today, Lord. It's the sin of rejection that will cause people to be lost in a hell that wasn't prepared for them. So with that in mind today, I read you a poem, and I am closing, that was sent to me, given to me by a precious lady in Mississippi. It's penned from Philippians 3, 13 through 14, which says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What's that? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. She wrote, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, the ugly stain, the inner pain, the old tormenting fears, the hidden sin, the guilt within, the bitter falling tears, the harsh distress, the hopelessness, the lonely Wasted years. God sent me to tell you he still believes in you. Reaching forth through those strings which are before with sweet increase of joy and peace and with a heart that sings with radiance, with confidence to meet what each day brings to catch with ease the heavenly breeze and soar on eagle's wings. I press toward the mark for the prize. His smile, his presence all the while. The battle fought and won, the harvest filled the precious yield, the rest at set of sun, then by his grace to see his face and hear him say, child, well done. Simply because, no, not because we were perfect, but because he believes in mine and your restoration. So I open this altar right now and ask everybody that would want to gather in, <laughs> maybe you might want to grab a neighbor by the hand. As we close this service out, somebody needs to be to this altar right now saying, God, I'm letting go of the failures. I'm letting go of condemnation. I'm letting go of the guilt I've carried with me for years. As they begin to sing and pray, amen, somebody needs to be coming saying, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your great grace. No, don't let me stay the same, Jesus. Don't let me stay the same, God. Oh, come on, let's gather in today. Whosoever will, let him come. When's the last time you prayed through? When's the last time you spoke in that heavenly language? When's the last time you let his presence overwhelm you? When's the last time you said, I'm letting go of the past? I'm preaching to somebody right now. 
I loose you from condemnation. I loose you from words that were spoken to you. I loose you from actions that were done to you. I loose you today. I set you free through the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, find somebody to pray with if you feel it. Find somebody to pray with if you feel it. Oh, I believe you're my portion. I believe you're my, oh, you're all I need today, Jesus. You're more than enough for me today. Come on. God, God believes in your restoration. God of heaven right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, forgetting those sins that are behind, I loose you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I loose you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bind the works of darkness. I bind every lying devil in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I set you free through the name of Jesus. I believe you're all I need, Lord. You're all I need, Jesus. You're all I need, Lord. Oh, come on, let your voice out to the Lord. Let your voice out to the Lord today. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving in this house today. We pray. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be thou healed. Be thou delivered. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. A looser from this affliction. In the name of Jesus Christ. You're all I need, Lord. You're all I need today, Lord. You're all I need today, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, come on, be sensitive to your brother. Be sensitive.